everybody. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I am in Southern California. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. It is, man. You know what we're talking about today? Uh, three things you should do before Tuesday. That's it. <laughs> three things that everyone should do before next Tuesday. That was just right? a guess. Yeah, it was a very lucky guess. You must be clairvoyant. <laughs> so here's the thing. You know how people always say that you never get anything done until you start? Yes. That the hardest part of the journey is the first few steps? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I have a master's in film, but I've got several PhDs in procrastination. <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know? I know how to procrastinate. When I was growing up, I would do my homework minutes before it was due. When I was in college, I would cram for a test from midnight to 6 a.m. the night before the actual test. And I've always had an ability to maintain information. Mm. So to me, I'd sleep between 8 and 11 p.m., get up around 11, take a shower, get ready, and at midnight, hit it from midnight to 6, right? Yeah, yeah. Right before I rolled into an 8 a.m. test and, and hopefully did well on it, right? Yeah. But procrastination is not a good thing. I'm not advocating it. It kind of sucks. Right? And in many cases, when I was writing the Going Bionic column for five years that I wrote for Film Threat, um, you know, I'd always, my articles were always due on Tuesday, and I always turned them in on Mondays, man. <laughs> and sometimes very, very late Mondays. So, you know, I know how to procrastinate, but I wanted to talk about three things to do before next Tuesday, because regardless of what you're doing out there, regardless of if you're trying to chase a dream or if you've got an issue at work or if you've got a personal issue that you're trying to solve, there's always three things that you can do in the next seven days to push you forward. Mm. Right? Mm. So... In order to frame it, because I don't want to just throw it out, in order to frame it so that we give people a reference, we're going to talk about three things you can do for one of your dreams before next Tuesday. Okay. Right? Whatever that dream is. So, you ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, man. So, the first one is to purge your contact list. Mm-hmm. And I just don't mean Facebook friends. I mean, go through your contact list. You know, I was going to say Rolodex, but that's only for people that are my age or older. <laughs> people that are young don't even know what a Rolodex is. So go into your contact list. And you know what's funny? People, especially when they're climbing and they're starting a new company or they're chasing a dream, they're always tied to the biggest people they have in their contact list. Mm. Right? Like, if they're trying to make a movie, they're like, oh, I met this vice president at Warner Brothers. I've got his or her card. Yeah, right? yeah. That person's not going to help you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at the, the reality of the situation, unless you really, really know the person. Yeah. If they met you for 24 seconds at a cocktail party and they gave you a card to be nice that person's not going to be helping your career. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless you have a project that will ultimately help their career. Right. Right? Yeah. So, like, if you just call somebody and say, I've got a crazy idea I want to talk to you about, or I think it's great, 
their system's going to blow you off. They're going to push you to six, seven, or eight weeks before they'll get you on the phone. Mm. And then they'll get you on the phone two months later, and they'll talk to you for maybe 20 seconds. Hey, yeah, I remember meeting you at the party. Great seeing you again. Hope you're doing great. All right, you know what? When you're done with the project, just contact my assistant. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think what a lot of people do is they live in their dreams. And what I mean by that is they think, okay, I'm going to do this project, and I've got this email address or this business card or this contact info from this person that can change my life. And it's on that person that can change your life. But they don't focus on the other 99 people that might actually help you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Isn't that true? Yeah. You know, and I've got uh, a story to tell. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I don't want to use any names because people will get upset. (laughs) (laughs) I know this person, and he's not a friend of mine, right? He's somebody I know, but I wouldn't consider him a friend, and he wouldn't consider me a friend. But he graduated... Um, one of the biggest film schools in America, not UCLA, right? Mm. When he graduated, he went to a cocktail party that had Robert Zemeckis, who did Forrest Gump, amongst other amazing things, and Mm. Back to the Future, Mm. and Steven Spielberg. And he approached those two men, and he said, hey, guys, I'm coming. And they're like, excuse me? And he goes, I'm I'm on my way, man. I'm going to be like you guys. And they liked how brash he was. Yeah. So they actually gave him a meeting. Right? They gave him a meeting. So what does he do? He goes to the meeting. Oh, no. Before the meeting, they tell him, send us some of your screenplays. We want to read them. Right? Wow. Okay. Because they've, you know, when they first met the kid, the kid said, hey, man, I've made over 20 short films while I was in school. I'm really good. And they looked at his stuff, and they're like, yeah, he is actually very good. <laughs> He's pretty damn talented, so, which is why he got the meeting, right? Yeah. Have I told the story before? No, no, not at all. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so this guy goes to the meeting with Spielberg and Zemeckis. Right? That's kind of a big meeting to have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're talking to Mr. Back to the Future and Forrest Gump and Mr. Indiana Jones, E.T., Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Right? In the meeting, they say, okay, man, we love your short films. We liked your your scripts, but, you know, we were thinking you go bigger. We will help you find a much bigger movie that we will executive produce for you. Could you imagine that, man? Tell, I, I, I think I know where this is going, and I, and I hope it isn't going there. So Spielberg and Zemeckis tell this guy, this young man, that they're going to executive produce his first film, and they're going to give him screenplays that they're developing <laughs> to find the right fit for him. Yeah. Right? Yep. Spielberg goes on to tell him, oh, I'm not sure if you knew, but Robert Zemeckis was my assistant on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Man. So I'm doing 
we're doing for you what I did for Robert. Yeah. Right? What does he say? What's the guy say? He said, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, my stuff's pretty good. I, 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 want to, uh, I want to do something with my stuff. That's exactly, exactly what he said. Man. He actually said, I don't know, man. My <laughs> stuff is really good, and I want to direct my own stuff. <laughs> so they said, why don't we give you five screenplays to read that are already financed and will be 40 or $50 million studio movies? <laughs> That we're paying for that you can direct. When you said when you said let me let me give you five, I thought you were gonna say let me let me give you five minutes to reconsider. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, let me give you five screenplays. He said no. Man, he said no. Wow. So here's what happened. He leaves. A couple of weeks later, he tries to call him back and just talk to them. Mm-hmm. They won't really respond. Yeah. Spielberg's assistant responds. Yep. Spielberg's assistant says, I think you're a genius. I like your work. In fact, I want to produce it. And this guy says, no. (laughs) No. I took a meeting with Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. I'm not dealing with his assistant. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So she's like, I hope you reconsider. Because... Stephen likes me a lot. I can help. And they may not do it for you, but they'll do it for me. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. He goes on his merry way. What yeah. happens? From there, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Man. But, but that's not the end of the story. Can I tell you the very yeah, end? yeah. The energetic, incredibly smart assistant of Spielberg that wanted to help this man yeah. became one of the producers of Saving Private Ryan. Oh, my goodness. And became one of Steven Spielberg's executive producers on multiple films. Tell me Saving Private Ryan was one of those five scripts. No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. No, no, Because no. Spielberg did that one himself, okay. right? So my point is, and, and to loop back to what we were talking about, my point is this young man completely ignored Spielberg's assistant. Right. Instead of saying, wow, this person really believes in me. Right. This person's going to use all of her contacts to forward my career. Right. Let's work with this person. Instead of doing that, he just poo-pooed her. Mm-hmm. She goes on to be one of the biggest producers in the history of motion pictures. Man. Right? Yeah. And you know what? This guy kind of deserves it, man. I, I hear I, I, mean, I, I only knew why where this was going because all, it, this happens on that show Shark Tank all the time. When, all the time. When I see all guy, the time. When I see guys pitching their stuff. And you know you got Mark Cuban or uh, you know any of the other guys, and they're you like, "Man, this is great. Give me thirty percent of the company, and and you got you got a deal, you know." And they're like, "Oh man, I don't I don't want to give up that much of my my company." And I'm and I and I say this all the time, like, "Man, seventy percent of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars 
is a lot more than 100% of nothing. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You and I, with the projects that we're doing together, you know, like with Hourglass 24 that we're launching this month, actually, and um, with the other stuff that we're doing, you and I always tell each other that, man, the day somebody comes with enough zeros, we look at each other and say, four-letter word that starts with S and ends with D, with an O and an L in between. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, but, I mean, why not? And, and that—that's what this guy did. He—he he was so prideful. He wanted his, you know, his to push his his stuff. He couldn't see like man, like ninety nine other people would have killed to be in that position, and he just totally just blew it like a big swing and a whiff. Like, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I totally agree with you, but I'll tell you the other side of the coin from my perspective. And this is going to sound a little crazy, but I kind of believe it. Mm. He wasn't meant to be in that position, whether it's this guy that took the meeting with Spielberg and Zemeckis yeah. or whether it's the multiple people on Shark Tank that you're yeah. referring to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Look, if you're not smart enough to help yourself move forward, then you don't deserve to move forward. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, yeah. But I mean, but that's like the perfect, you know, point. Like you said, that point number one is, I mean, okay, even if he blew off Spielberg and and, and Zemeckis and like totally blew that, he had a second chance to do something amazing, and and the, even that second chance could have probably been even bigger than the first chance. Of course, because that's somebody that would actually work with him, right? And and he you know took a big swing and, and a whiff at that one, right? Exactly. But 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 that's so anyway, that, that's anyway. the perfect point though. You're you're right. You're, when you're looking through your contacts, don't look for the vice president of Warner. You know you could reach out to even a friend, an acquaintance, and just be like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm working on you know this film or whatever this short, you know whatever it is. You, you know, is there, right. you know, anyone you might know or, you know, can, is there any, anything, anything you're talented with that might help me out with this? I mean, do you want to work together? And for all you know, this guy or girl in your role, in your contacts list could be, you know, Spielberg's like in-law, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, and they could, well, they, you know. You, you, yeah, absolutely, dude. You never know who other people know. Exactly. Yeah. Especially out here in Los Angeles. You never know who other people know. I think there's a, there's some right? sort of some I don't know if you call it a saying or a statistic or whatever, but there's something that says like you're basically six degrees removed from anyone. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know what, Jonathan? There's a board game called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon Separation. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I remember I remember coming across that one time. Right? Yeah. And and I encourage everyone to play it because what the theory of that game is, Kevin Bacon is tied to any actor ever in the history of cinema within six degrees. Yeah, yeah. Because he's done so many movies. He did, he's done movies with people who have done movies with people who have done yeah, movies. Yeah, I think he's literally movies. been in like 180 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, over like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that's a lot of films, man. A lot of films. All right, so that's number one. Can we can we move on to number two? Yep. Create a positive tribe around you. And let me just say that 
everyone has friends and family that are super negative people, right? Sure. Yeah, totally. And it's probably not a good idea to have all of them around you when you're trying to grow a business or chase a dream. Yeah. Right? Like, like Lena and Zoe, Lena goes back and forth from being a doctor or an artist or a singer is what she wants to do. Okay. Zoe wants, Zoe wants to either have a donut shop or be a mathematician or be an astronaut or be a ninja. Wow, okay. Right? And, and every time they say, well, I want to be, I want to own a donut shop, then I say, Zoe, Sweetie, you need to go to business school. You need to learn everything about donuts and about marketing and about how to sell them. And then when she says she wants to be a mathematician, I say, well, you better go to MIT or one of the top math schools in the country, right? But I always tell them that there's a process that you need to go through to get to where you want to go. Yeah. If I told them, ah, that's stupid, you can never be a mathematician, then after a short period of time, she'd actually start believing it. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. And that happens not just with kids, but with adults too. If oh, people yeah. tell, you know, people tell you, in your case, I think you should drop out of college or change your major because there's certain math things or certain, you know, uh, classes that you'll will be difficult for you to take. If you listen to them, you wouldn't have received your bachelor's. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because the second you were like saying stuff like that, that that exact scenario popped in my head. Like, oh, well, blind people don't do that. I'm like, well, I don't care what blind people do or don't do. <laughs> I don't care what blind people do or don't do because I'm going to. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so I think it's super important to have a positive tribe around you. Mm. Because, you know, having cheerleaders is not a bad thing, but sometimes it can be dangerous. Yeah. And what I mean, you know, what I mean by that is if you think I'm doing something really, really, really bad or wrong that's going to either cause me pain, cause others pain, or, or cause an enormous loss of money, I would hope that you told me. Yeah. I'd hope you say, Hamad, dude, you're my buddy, you're my business partner, but this is stupid, right? <laughs> yeah. That's different. That's actually being helpful, you know? But what I say about keep a positive tribe around you is keep people that see your vision around you and mm. keep people that are trying to help you get to your goal around you. Yeah. There's one thing I'll say real quick is the last three years, I've had the pleasure and honor to do career day at Zamboni Middle School in Paramount, California. Have I ever talked about that? No, but that's an awesome name of a middle school. It is an awesome name, isn't it? <laughs> Zamboni Middle School. Yeah. So we'll have to do that in another podcast because it's truly amazing experience. I spend the whole day talking to uh, between 6th and 8th graders mm. in that range um, regarding my career and what they can do to chase theirs. Yeah. Right? And it blows me away as to how many students are told at home by their mom and dad that they cannot achieve. And it's a stupid thought to try to go to college, and it's a stupid thought to try to be a doctor or try to be a business person or any job that requires any training. Mm. And it's just sad to me that these kids live in that environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can I share one quick one with you? Yeah. 
I was speaking at Zamboni two, three years ago, and there's this student with cerebral palsy, right? Yeah. Totally confident kid, completely confident kid. And, and when I was asking if anyone had questions, he not, you know, he looked over at me and I, I acknowledged him and he said, so it's kind of obvious that I have a disability like you do. Right. And everybody started laughing. He really lightened the mood. Right. Yeah. And then he goes, I really want to go to college and I want to do all these things. And I chuckled and I said, well, dude, I did. <laughs> oh, so yeah. If I'm standing before you saying I did, it's easy for you, dude. It's totally easy. You've already got c- commitment. You've already got drive. Just do it. His family members mm. kept telling him he could do it. That's why he had the attitude that he believed he could. But yeah. some of his friends kept telling him he couldn't. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you know what I told him? Those who tell you you can't do it, they're not your friends. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So that's uh, that's number two. And then the third one really quick is arresting your procrastination. That is, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't admit again that I'm a huge procrastinator. Mm. So if you know you're a procrastinator, you know why I procrastinate writing things? Don't don't give me that excuse. All procrastinators use. No, tell me why. You work, no, I you never work, have writer's work, block. You work, never no, do. no, no. People say I work best under pressure. I do work best under pressure. That's actually <laughs> very, very, very true. But that's not the reason. I procrastinate starting to write something, especially if it's a screenplay or or anything that's a long form. Yeah. Because. I know that once I dive in, yeah. Well, you've known me since I've written a couple things. Yeah, yeah. You once you pretty I dive much in, di- you pretty I, much I don't disappear. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't sleep. I don't eat. I write like ten to twelve hours a day. I write eight or nine hours a day on weekends. I mean, I'm I'm a mess. My my wife is like, "Are you close to being done?" Because you know, why can't you just do four hours a day like a normal person? And <laughs> tell her. Well, A, I'm not a normal person, and B, no, and I've never met any writer that can be that scheduled. Mm. Maybe some can, yeah. but I can. Yeah. Like when you write your novel that you're doing, when do you do it? Um, I, I, not when I feel inspired, but once I, once I finally am like, I, I need to know I have at least some sort of time open because I'm the kind of person, like once I get rolling, I don't want to stop because I'm worried about right. not, not catching that fire again, you know? Right. So. Yeah, that's exactly why I when I dive into it, then I'm I've got the fire. Yeah. You know, until it ends, and yeah. now it's ended because I finished my last writing thing a couple months ago. Yeah. So I've got to force myself into doing it again. But those are the three things that I wanted to go over: purging your contact list, focusing on people that might actually help you have the ability to help you, or have the time to help you, because time's another very important thing, right? Yeah, totally. If you don't have the time to help, you can be the nicest human being in the world with the most contacts in the world. But, I mean, I'll give an example. You and I really don't have that much time to help people outside of the projects that we're already doing. Yeah, yeah. The ones that we're committed to, whether it's for our clients or for ourselves, that's where our time goes. Yeah. If somebody else says, hey, Hamad, can you help me with this? I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to, but I just, I can't. Yeah. 
Because it's worse for me to say I can and then not have time to do it. Right, not do anything or, or give a right. you know half baked sort of effort or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, that's that. That's Creating good. a positive tribe, as we've just discussed, is so important to have positive people around you. Yeah. And arresting your procrastination. To this day, I've never learned how to stop procrastinating. But you know what I've learned? You know when I start writing, it's never like wake up, get ready at 8 a.m., walk the dog, sit down and write. It's usually 2.38 in the afternoon watching Law & Order or finishing a conference call on some deal somewhere going to my computer to check email and suddenly getting the bug. Well, what if I just opened up a brand new form and started writing? Yeah. Yeah. Because once you start, you're in, right? I usually, generally speaking, I like to kind of do things. I I try not to procrastinate only because it seems like if I do do that, or I've seen this happen, even if it's not me that needs to get something done, but if if someone procrastinates, you know, you wait till the last minute and it always seems like no matter what, something always comes up to throw a wrench and whatever it is that you were procrastinating on and, you know, it gets down to the wire and you finally get it done or you're, you actually end up being late. It just never seems to work out. And it's just like, you know what, if I have 10 minutes right now to just get this thing done, I'm just going to do it. Like, Instead of just, you know, even though it's two weeks away or whatever, if I have 10 minutes now and it's only going to take me 10 minutes, I'm just going to do it now because I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Like, that that's the way I kind of approach things. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. And 10 minutes now or 10 minutes later, uh, you know, if you've got 10 minutes now, use it. Yeah. It, like, like, like I said, I, I just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring me. I mean, even though it's only 10 minutes, like, I'll just do it in the morning. But then you're going to wake up in the morning and, like, a kid is sick or, like, the place is trash. Like, you know, so the, now you got to pick stuff up. And then now you just lost that 10 minutes you assumed you're going to have. Then your day goes on. And before you know it, the day's over. And you didn't, you know, you, you lost that 10 minutes. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, so that, and, you know, 10 minutes a day for a week is at least uh, it's 70 minutes. It's yeah. over an hour of work. Yeah. So uh, know, that's, the way I, that's the way I try to approach things. I, I try not to procrastinate if I... If I know I need to do X and I, I'm at that moment and I'm, and I'm not doing anything, I'll just hurry up and get it done. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's good, man. Well, let's not procrastinate any longer and wrap this puppy up. All right. So you can find us on limpingacloud9.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all those fun places with the Android uh, apps on downloading podcasts. And don't forget, check out lonelysealfilmfestival.com. And we got a final draft as a sponsor. So if you join the screenplay writing contest and you are a one of the lucky at least three winners, I think you will get a copy of final draft. So check out lonelysealfilmfestival.com. Absolutely. If you want to reach us, please reach out to us at info at limpingoncloud9.com. That's info at limpingoncloud9.com. And everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.